Here they come! Welcome to episode 54 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Alan Owen to discuss the destruction of the Earths, both the TV and film sequences from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Admiral, we're in position. Hello, Alan. Hi, Eric. How are you doing? I am absolutely fine today. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Terrific. Yeah, it does help. Uh, right, <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This is your choice today, so I'm guessing yeah. you're a fan. Yeah, yeah. I was. Um, I kind of got into it. I, I from what I can remember, stutter, stutter. Um, words in there somewhere. Um, we found the book. I remember being out with my mum. We'd been somewhere. And we walked past the bookshop and I saw the, the original cover, you know, with the blue, with yeah. the, the writing on the front. I don't know. It must have been the first, second edition of it, or, you know, the paperback. And I bought it just on – it looked cool. Uh, didn't know a thing about it. Not heard the radio program or anything. And just thought, what a fantastic book. And then listened to the radio program. Obviously, the radio is a bit different to the book. Mm. And then, obviously, TV comes out later on, a bit different from the radio. And then the film, a bit right. different from the TV. So, yeah. um, And that's one of the things I kind of like about it is Doug Adams was constantly working on it. He was rewriting it all the time, mm. trying to make it just the sort of the perfect story, as it were. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's one of my favorite sci-fi books that's gone into TV and right. film. You yeah. say the TV show there. Did you, does that mean you read the book before the TV show was first aired or yes. before you actually got yeah. to see it? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So the, my first encounter with this, the whole story is, is the book. Right. Um, and, then, and then the radio. And uh, I don't know when the TV, the TV was. It was 81. 81. Um, the book was published in... About 79. Yes, yes. And I think I probably picked up either that year or maybe 1980. So you uh, you encountered it almost in, in the right order. I didn't. I I knew of it, but I yeah. watched the TV show first, then it was right. the book, then I listened to the radio, and then, of course, the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the radio is the the ultimate version. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's, that's really the, the one if you're going to listen to any of them. Where's the purest? Really the radio purest. one is before, purest, yeah. yeah, as you say, he started tweaking yeah. and everything. The radio version yeah. came first, then it was the book, then the TV. Then there were stage productions, weren't there? There were. That's right, there was. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, there yeah, were comic yeah, book ad ad adaptations as well, yeah. leading all the way up to 2005 when the film came out. But yeah. when the TV version came out, I was kind of interested because 
I only knew Douglas Adams as a writer for the Tom Baker era Doctor Who. Doctor Who, yeah, of course. You know, yeah, he wrote, wrote a lot of stories. And there's that one come out just very recently that they're finished off, isn't there? Uh, Sharda, yeah, where they um, animated Which he was it, the yeah. writer on. Yeah. 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 So I enjoyed a lot of them because, you know, um, you know, they were fun science fiction, very silly sometimes. You know, City of Death is one of the top Doctor Who's in my opinion, there ever has been. But he did some very, very silly ones, like the Pirate Planet, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah so I kind of knew him from that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think I, I wouldn't have known who the writers were, I think, in Doctor Who at that time. It was just something you watched and, mm, mm. you know, you moved on to the right. next story. <laughs> okay, to, so for any listeners who have never encountered Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and wonder what on earth we're blathering on about, um, and why we're actually talking about it today. Um, we're dealing with the destruction of the Earth, aren't we? Um, which happens in Chapter 2 of the book. It's almost really beginning. Yeah, the world is destroyed. Yeah, it's, it's the catalyst which pushes Arthur Dent as the last human alive yeah. out into space. Yeah, and Arthur Dent, when we we first encounter he, his life is full of stress because his house is going to be uh is scheduled for demolition yeah. to make way for a bypass um he's got a friend called ford prefect who uh he he's unaware that he's actually an alien from the from beetlejuice Be- well the Beetle. Let, let's be accurate <laughs> the beetlejuice star system because beetlejuice yeah. is a star yeah just being a nerd there um <laughs> and uh just prior to the 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 two sequences um that we're talking about here today um ford has come along and tells arthur that uh, he's got to go with him they've got to go down to the pub um because they've got to drink a lot and he has something very important to tell him doesn't he indeed yeah and once they get to the pub um he explains that the earth is going to be destroyed in 10 minutes and they must have three pints of beer each as it's a mux- uh, muscle relaxant i can yes, attest to that right. maybe yep, not three pints but yeah yep. yeah yeah relaxes yep. my muscles Certainly um, at lunchtime. Yeah, and he also explains to uh, Arthur that he's from the the star system Beetlejuice, to which Arthur yeah. says, I thought you were from Guildford, which always raises a laugh with me. Um, I think we have to explain <laughs> to our, uh, you know, overseas listeners that Guildford, it's not exactly the most exciting place in England, is it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Second only to Croydon. Yeah, yeah, or Slough. <laughs> or you know? Slough, yeah. yeah, yeah. All, the, all, these, all these horrible places. All right. Yeah. Um, Arthur goes back to his house because he's heard a noise. Um, he's found that the demolition has started. Um, and, but before he can intervene, the Vogon construction fleet ha- arrives yeah. and, and explains to the people of Earth that the Earth, too, must be destroyed to make way for like an intergalactic bypass as well. Yep. Okay. Which they do, but not before Arthur and Ford Prefect have hitched a ride in one of their ships. Okay. So that's the preamble leading up to the sequences we're going to talk about today. Um, Now, we thought it might be a nice idea before we go into uh, discussing the two sequences to actually have a look back to the book and just see what the book says so that we can then compare it to just how accurate the BBC and the film version were. Okay. Indeed, yeah, yeah, because it is constantly changing. There's he's rewriting it, but these these stay the same. Yes, um, these descriptions, don't they? All right. So I've got my piece of paper here. 
Uh, right, so the Vogon <laughs> fleet, can everyone bear in mind? It says that they enter Earth's atmosphere, several dozen huge, yellow, chunky, slab-like somethings. Huge as office buildings, silent as birds. They soared with ease, basking in electromagnet... Ag- Basking, oh, I see, this is what I can do radio. Basking in electromagnetic rays from the star soul, biding their time, grouping, preparing. Which is quite good, isn't it? Nice little description there. It's a good description. I can yep. see it in my head, and we'll there's, see there's shortly. I don't know if you're going to mention it, but it says uh, something like. About bricks. Hunt. Yeah. All right, I'm you coming to, to that. I'll keep, I'll keep quiet. <laughs> so, so Arthur, uh, Arthur says, What's the hell's that? He shrieked. Whatever it was, raced across the sky in monstrous yellowness, tore the sky apart with mind-buggering noise, and leapt off into the distance, leaving the gaping air to shut behind it with a bang that drove your ears six feet into your skull. Another one followed and did the same thing only louder. The great ships hung motionless in the air over every nation on earth. Motionless they hung, huge, heavy, steady in the sky, a blasphemy against nature. Many people went straight into shock as their minds tried to encompass what they were looking at. The ships hung in the sky as much the same way that bricks don't. Again, another good line. Yeah. And finally, the description for the Vogons. Okay. Now, now. How do how to pronounce this? Prostechnic Vogon Jelts, I believe, is the. Okay. From now on, Alan, you say that. Right. (laughs) Right. Him. Was not a pleasant sight, even for other Vogons. His highly domed nose rose high above a small piggy forehead. His dark green rubbery skin was thick. And that's it. Okay? Yeah. Right. So with that out of the way, let's have the clip from the TV version. People of Earth, your attention, please. This is Prospectic Vogon Jelts of the Galactic Hyperspace Planning Council. As you are probably aware, the plans for the development of the outlying regions of the western spiral arm of the galaxy require the building of a hyperspace express route through your star system. And regrettably, your planet is one of those scheduled for demolition. The process will take slightly less than two of your Earth minutes. Thank you very much. charts and demolition orders have been on display at your local planning department at Alpha Centauri for 50 of your Earth years. So you've had plenty of time to lodge any formal complaints, and it's far too late to start making a fuss about it now. What do you mean you've never been to Alpha Centauri? Oh, for heaven's sake, mankind, it's only four light years away, you know. I'm sorry, but if you can't be bothered to take an interest in local affairs, let your own lookout. Energize the demolition beam. God, I don't know, apathetic, rotted planet of no sympathy at all. So we've got Simon Jones 
uh, reprising the role of Arthur from the radio version here. Yes, yeah, he he did it on the radio. I think actually quite a few of them followed from the radio into the TV. Not all, but no, yeah, Simon, Simon Ford, Jones. Ford did. Prefect didn't. The, he this didn't, guy, David no. Dixon, uh, yeah. is a new Ford Prefect. Indeed, yeah. But um, a lot of the others did did come across. Yeah, now watching this sequence, the, the, the TV version, um, I'm just struck by how much it looks and feels very early 80s BBC. It Yeah, it's got that whole Doctor Who kind of feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the visual effects director, I believe, was a guy called Jim Francis. Yep. And he was from Doctor Who. He worked on Hitchhikers, Blake Seven. And Red Dwarf. Yeah. And actually, when you think about all of those programs, they've all got a very similar BBC special effects feel yes. to them. Yeah. Yeah. But also the look. I mean, you know, the look of everything. I mean, when, when, when they go to the pub, that pub is as twee and as cliche as you'd get on, like, the two Ronnies or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a lovely little bit. It just shows actually how dated the, the book is becoming. So they order their six pints and Ford pays with a fiver yeah. <laughs> and says, keep the change. I yeah. bought a pint the other night and it cost me four pounds 20. So I can, re- I, I can remember the shock when, when you would buy a pint and you didn't have change from two pounds. Yeah. When it yeah. went over the two pound mark, you're like, good grief. <laughs> That's when you stopped going. That's when I stopped going. <laughs> That's about the time I stopped going. Yeah. Um, so Ford's telling Arthur what's about to occur. Um, and uh, as he's doing that, we have our first look at the Vogon ship in space. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. very long and it's very flat, a um, bit like an oil tanker. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and yellow. Okay. And yellow. And yellow. Yeah. As the description had it. I was going to say. So we have these yeah. chunky yellow slab-like things. Okay. So that, yeah. that'd be inaccurate there, aren't they? they they're they following that through, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And it looks okay here because so far it's in a long shot. Okay, so that's all right. Yeah, it's you, they've set the scene. It's as the book described it, yeah. large yellow slab-like hanging in the air yeah. like a brick doesn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm happy with it so far. Um, we go back to the ground and Arthur's distracted by the noise of the bulldozers and rushes back to his house to find that demolition has begun. Okay. Yep. And his house has been knocked down, I think. Well, no, Uh, no. See, this this is the first big difference, I think, between the film and the TV version is that in the TV version, because it's the BBC, demolition is basically a bulldozer, bulldozer knocking over a bit of a small wall. Yes, okay. yeah, because they can't yeah. afford to demolish a house or build a house and then have it demolished, and it's only a bit of a small wall as well. So. <laughs> That's right, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not very spectacular as far as demolitions go. No, not at all. Uh, but before he can intervene, the Vogon ship, note singular Vogon ship, ship, a yeah, ship, a yep. ship, uh, not a fleet. Um, nope. uh, it arrives. And we get, you know, the what the hell is that from from Arthur? And he looks up and we've got a split screen affair with the model in the top of the frame. And we've got live action at the bottom. Okay. Yep. But again, it being early 80s BBC, the visual effects are done on video. <laughs> yeah, it's not the greatest, is it? But It, it certainly is not. I mean... It's dated that when they switched from doing their model work 
from film to video instantly dates it. I mean, we've discussed this on Blake seven episodes. Yeah. Fine on 35 or 16 mil film. As soon as you switch to video. Oh dear. Um, and it's the compositing as well. I mean, here we've got uh, visual effects at the top of the screen and live action at the bottom, and they don't mix together very well at all. No, no. There's You can see the lines. You can see where it's been joined. It's, yeah, yeah it's not I, great. I mean, this, this, this is one of the things that put me off of Doctor Who at the time. It's one of the con- many, many contributing factors to why I didn't like the fourth mm. season of Blake Seven, which was being made pretty much exactly the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly would have been. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get a, a pretty fuzzy close up of the ship, which, again, doesn't look good. If it had been filmed on film, um, I think it would be much better. I'm going to put on Facebook uh, photos of the actual filming miniature and it's pretty darn good. But mm. but the video in doesn't do it any favours whatsoever. No, no. I'd be interested to see those pictures, actually, because I, I had a little hunt. I didn't find any. Um, so um really good to see the actual miniature itself yeah it's from a book i haven't got it with me at the moment um i think it's called vfx and it's it's a very thick book on the history of bbc special effects i highly oh, recommend right. it to anyone i think it's by matt irvine um yeah. and yeah they go through everything i mean you've got the goodies in that you know you, you, you've got anything that the bbc did special effects for not just science fiction but you know tomorrow's world um oh, right. anything oh, like that where there cool. was miniature or model work it's in there yeah. highly recommended book i'm assuming it's still around and there's some great photos from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy in there you know right yeah but if you don't want to buy it i'll be putting it up on facebook <laughs> Okay. I'll certainly have a look at those. So the two of them, they 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 basically they uh, uh, they hitchhike and prepare to teleport up while this ship is arriving. And there's uh, they've got an electronic thumb, haven't they? It for is hitchhiking. Yes. And actually, uh, the description in the book of that is almost exactly what they've got. Mm. So you can say somebody was sent off from the special effects department, go and knock up something with some switches and some flashing lights, and they've they've gone off and made it. Yeah. Pretty much as it's described in the book. Yeah. And I don't, I, I think they have knocked it up. It doesn't look like anything that I've seen before that they've cribbed from Doctor Who or Blake Seven or anything. It's not a yeah. reused prop. I think this was right. specially made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then we cut to specially shot footage of a crowd in London. Um, but it being the BBC, that's about 20 people, isn't it? Milling uh, around yeah. aimlessly. Yeah. Yeah, just like at the top of the stairs to the <laughs> underground or something like that. And then stock footage of London with the ship crudely superimposed on top of that. Again, it just doesn't look good it's, at all. Yeah, yeah. Inside the Vogon ship now, and we see. Come oh, on, Alan, sorry. I'm waiting for you. Sorry, I was waiting for my Prostechnic Vogon gels. Yes, in his lovely hover chair. Yes. Looking fairly green and slimy and yeah they've yeah they followed the book he's green he's got a large nose slug like i think is one of the other descriptions they use in the book yes yes i mean he he's also got some tufty orange eyebrows um and the execution of this is is very in keeping with um you know early 80s doctor who this could be a very much a doctor who yeah absolutely yeah 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 we get the 20 people that are grumbling and complaining and we get word for word, um, pause for the person, Prostechnic Vogon Gels, speech from the book about how they should be, they should have lodged an objection on Alpha Centauri, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Completely mirroring what happened earlier with um, Arthur 
and yes. the yeah. demolition of his house. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and you hear a few objections from the 20 people. Um, it doesn't sound like the whole of uh, humanity objecting, really, does it? It is it, fairly, yeah, it's a bit limp. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the ship pulls back from the Earth, and that looks good as it's in yep. space and it's not composited over live action. So it looks all no. right there. Yeah. Um, the bay doors on the underneath open um, and we get a terrible red blast beam come out, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it, dodgy. It's like it's something dodgy. off the top of the pops or something. <laughs> I hadn't thought it was that bad, but yeah, it's, um, it's in, again, it's in keeping with the way it's described in the book. Mm, true. Uh, true. The, the panels open and, a beams of light come out. Yeah. Yeah. And the earth is replaced by a sparkly explosion as it blows up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot of sparkles. Yeah. It's just somebody who's been down to cop and got a little pack of sparklers there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's our sequence. That's the first sequence over. Uh, yep. so, so we're going to behind the scenes. You mentioned him a little bit earlier. Um, Jim Francis. Yeah. Um, Actually, he was on the show last week. Last week, we were talking Blake Seven, and right. um, it's around about the same time. It's no surprise um, that he's here because, as I say, they were making season four of Blake Seven at the same time, and he was yeah. still visual effects designer. He was, yeah, he was involved in virtually everything, as far as I understood at that time, yeah. that was coming out of the BBC, yeah. Yeah, there's another guy called Steve Druitt, um, but I didn't see his name on anything. He, right. was, he, he was like partners with Jim on Blake 7, but not here. Right. Now, in that book, from the photos in that book, the Vogon ship that they made, it looks, I don't know, roughly about five feet long it would have been. Oh, okay. So it's pretty pretty a sizable model that they built up. Yeah. Well, this is what I say. If they had filmed yeah. it properly, yeah, it, would have, been, it would have been good. It. You would have got, yeah. wow, I'm coming to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was built by Jim Francis and Simon McDonald. Okay, and and it's really nicely detailed and painted miniature. You yeah. know, they've done an awful lot of shading and weathering on it, and there's lots of panel lines, all the stuff you know that floats our boats. Yep. you know, is all on uh, that miniature. But, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put these up on Facebook. There are some close-ups of the miniature, and there's some quite shockingly obvious parts used. Uh, okay, okay. Right, right. now there are that there are areas of the spaceship where it's stepped. You know, a bit like on a Star Destroyer when you get near the conning tower at the back, how you've got different uh -huh. levels. For the actual horizontal walls of those step bits, they used rows upon rows of electrical connecting blocks. Oh, OK. The little chocolate block connecting the little, things. Yeah, the little yeah. clear ones with yep. a screw in a hole either That's side. That's the ones, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, the side walls of these steps are entirely made up of electrical connecting blocks. Right. OK. And it's got a conning, you don't really see it in the show, but it's got a conning tower affair at the back, the, the spaceship. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a few from Space 1999, the Eagle Transporter. Uh, it's leg pods are basically stacked <laughs> one, one on top of the other. Yeah. So somebody had been down the hardware store in the, the local model shop yeah. and just bought a handful of stuff. Yep. And, yeah. Typical BBC. So yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. To totally in keeping. But Pro because it was filmed had on video. A week yeah. to make it. So yeah. 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 <laughs> Typical BBC deadlines as well. Yes. Yeah. But by the way it was filmed on videotape, none of it's obvious. So actually mm. the videotaping is actually um, done a bit it. of a favour there. <laughs> yes, <yeah>. indeed. <laughs> yes. Um, that's about it. All I've got for special effects, apart from the guy who played the Vogon, who's called 
a prostate near Vogon Gels. Yes. Was played by a guy by the name of Martin Benson. Um, right. It's not a name that I'm familiar with, but apparently no, no. he's a veteran of a lot of the ITC adventure shows, you know, like the Persuaders oh, right, right. and the Protectors yeah. and stuff like that. Right. Okay. okay. So that's behind the scenes out of the way. So we now have to rate it. Oh, it's a tricky one, this, because um, they, they got some bits of it right from the book. And I'm, I'm treating the book as being the Bible in this regard. So mm-hmm. it was yellow. It was slab like. But there's only one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, even if they'd only made one model, why not just film it twice, fil- film it twice, 20 times, you know, have it as the fleet that was there. So I think I'm going to have to go five and a half. Five and a half. Mm. Okay. Um, my vote is nice model work, awful filming. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind that they, you, you, you know, they might have, you know, not been so literal with the book, but uh, it's just that awful filming of it. So I'm giving it a four. Yeah. Right. You're, pro- you're probably seeing a lot more of these than I've thought about scoring. So I'm probably a little bit more generous. So yeah. 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 All right. So that gives it an average of 4.75. Yeah. That sounds, sounds fair to me. Yeah. It, it does sound fair. And it's a lot higher than what we gave Blake seven last week. So. Oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Okay. So we've got a step up from Blake seven. Uh, all right. So with that done and out the way, we'll go to a clip from the film version. Um, people of Earth, this is Prosthetic Vogon Jeltz of the Galactic Hyperspace Planning Council. As you are probably aware, plans for the development of the outlying regions of the galaxy involve the building of a hyperspace express route through your star system. And your planet is one of those scheduled for demolition. There's no point acting all surprised about it. The plans and demolition orders have been on display at a local planning office in Alpha Centauri for 50 of the Earth years. If you can't be bothered to take an interest in local affairs, that's your own account. A pathetic bloody planet. I've no sympathy at all. Rises now 2005 and now yep. we've got martin freeman as arthur dent and yep. he's called uh, by something else now but back then he was called moss deaf wasn't he as yes he was Prefect. i didn't know he changed his name okay yeah 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 if yeah. you look this film up on imdb uh he has a different name now and and oh, says okay. you know as moss as moss deaf yeah, yeah, yeah so he yeah. was uh yeah that was his uh rapper name yes uh, yeah. That's yeah yeah. So um, here we go. Martin Freeman. I, I like Martin Freeman. I think he's a pretty good. Martin Death. Freeman. Yeah. 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 So uh, and Moss Def don't really know much about him, but he's all right. 
He's all right. Yeah, I mean, he does a decent job um, in it. Uh, Only thing I've ever seen him in, I'll be honest. So I've got no comparison. But yeah, no, I I don't really have an issue. I think people complained about it bitterly at the time. But um, uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I saw somewhere about, and I didn't write it down because I'm an idiot, but in the book, the description of Ford Prefect, it never mentions skin colour or anything like that. It's just... Oh, I wouldn't it, have thought it did. No. His grin's no. a bit too wide and something else. The, um, the, the actual description yeah. of Ford Prefect is, uh, um, you know, uh, very vague. So anybody could play yeah. him, you know? Yeah. A lot, of, uh, a lot of the descriptions in there are just... Yeah, it just gives you an idea, doesn't it, yeah. of what the person would be. Yeah, it doesn't give you a absolute um, description of them. I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that its origin was a radio show. And in a radio show, you don't waste time describing no. somebody. It's up to somebody's imagination as they're listening to it, you know. Exactly, yeah. To you, you, The voice carries it through, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so in this sequence, um, Arthur goes back to his house. It being a film, it having a budget, his house is being demolished, isn't it? Yes, they do actually knock it down this time. Yep, and we get the what the hell is that? That's Hollywood for you. Yes. And this time we do get more than one ship, although initially you don't see more than one. No. And the the reason you don't see more than one is because it's chuffing huge. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Independence Day. It's filled the sky almost to the horizon. It looks like an Independence Day flying saucer, doesn't it? It's yeah. No, it's it's absolutely enormous, isn't it? It's a big cuboid kind of thing. Um, Yeah, just huge. Yeah. So we go up to the ship for. I should make a little noise when I'm when I need yeah, to yeah. say sorry, the name. Yeah, yeah. So I really prostatic Vogon Jones. Right. Speech. And all we see in this sequence, the only t- all we ever see of him in this are his big blubbery lips and a hunchback. Yes. And a hunchback and uh, tufty eyebrows at that point. No, I, I don't think you do. You don't see it. Yeah. No, no. Sorry, I think I... it's just lips and back. Normally, when we're talking, I have the video running, but because I'm using my laptop today to speak to you, I don't want to interrupt it. No, I don't, the flip at the same time. I don't. So. I don't touch the mouse or anything. I hate technology, yeah, and exactly. whenever I'm doing yeah. one of these recordings, I'll play with my pen, but that's about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, so where were we? Um, this time, we see aerial footage from all around the world as the Vogon ships arrived. And we hear, this time we do hear the shouting of thousands of people, not 20. Yeah. A little little bit more anxious this time, you know. It was only 20 people in Leicester Square who worried about it last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, yeah, you do see a bit of panic going on and everything like that. Yeah. We pull back out into orbit in much similar way to uh, we did in the TV version. But now we see that there's hundreds and hundreds of the ships. Indeed. Just all, all surrounding the yeah, surrounding the world. And this is where I think the the filmmakers have been a bit too literal to the book because they look like tall office blocks. Well they are, as we find out later in the film. Yeah, uh, but 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 in the book it says, you know, they're huge as office buildings, but it doesn't say that it looked like an office no, building. In this no. one they do. <laughs> they do. They're um, well, they, they look like ball cubes or something, you know, they're, yeah, yeah they're, um, the one little bit I like on the scene where it pulls out is the chop 
cut. Uh, we're coming up I, to that in behind the scenes. I love particular cut on it. Um, I really that caused problems. Yeah. We'll be talking about that uh, in a minute. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you see, you see hundreds of the things we pull out into space and the planet explodes. Yeah. Okay. And Can't we get it. We get a sort. It just disappears, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Just literally, you know, poof of smoke. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the end of that sequence. Yeah. Um, right. Here we go. Behind the scenes on this. I didn't think there would be too much because, you know, this is obviously we're, we're, we're now in the era of CGI special effects, aren't we? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've always thought if you're talking CGI, you're not talking so much about the process. You're talking more about design work and execution rather than you know the yeah model makers or yes yeah now originally the original idea for the vogon uh destruction ship was going to be model work okay. okay but apparently it wasn't close enough to the camera now i'm i'm the only thing that i can think that means is they couldn't get depth of field they couldn't get a good enough depth of field to pick up all the detail all right know. Okay. Okay. So it was replaced by CGI done by CineSight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, the destruction of the Earth was planned to be done in many more jump cuts. Okay. Than what we've got. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, because they thought if we do it in jump cuts, it will save time and money <laughs> than if they do it in one continual long shot. Okay. Right. <laughs> but that backfired when they realized that they'd they need to do it in one long shot to begin with if they're going to figure out where to do all the cuts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you jump in stages like, like they do, you can't use motion blur to hide any seams and blur yeah. the layers Okay. Mm. If, if, if you're just jumping like that. Yeah. The explosion of the Earth, okay, it was painstakingly modelled as a complex CG ex uh, explosion and particles. It was over 30 or 40 frames, I think it was, that the, the whole explosion was going to be over 30 or 40 frames. But it got compressed right down and we only got six frames. Really? So it's, yeah, in, so that, it's in like what? That's, what's that? Um, 20, 0.2 of a second? Well, 24 so, frames a second. 24, yeah, that's what I was trying to work out, yeah. Yeah, 16. Sorry, we're doing complex maths. Everybody take a break. Yeah, it's quite yeah, a bit it's a less than a second. Virtual. Yeah. So, like you say, it's over quick. Yeah. But it wasn't meant to be over that quick. <laughs> and what's unusual for the time, as I say, we're, we're fully going into CGI realm yes, by 2005. Yeah, um, but the Vogons and the other creatures, they weren't CGI. Um, they were all practical suits made by the Henson Creature Shop. Yes, that's right. Yeah, which is fabulous. I mean, it was fabulous in two thousand and five. It's fabulous that they're still doing it now. You know, still, the new yeah. Star Wars films that they're making, they very often will now will actually you know, have costumed characters. Have a, yeah. yeah, on yeah. set rather than somebody looking at a green blob. You know, mm. yeah. And the design for it, the um, trying to think, I've got, I've got notes. Garth Jennings, who's the director. Mm. Yeah. He found, and I'll send you the picture because it's brilliant. It's from about a late 1700s, early 1800s of um, a cartoon that's been done by um, a cartoonist called James Gil Gilray. Mm -hmm. And it just looks exactly like what you've got on the on. Is it one of those story. political cartoons? It's a political cartoon, got, yeah. yeah. It's right. meant to be, um, you know, a, a character with, you know, a waistcoat on and he's eating 
I don't know whether it's Nelson's fleet or whoever it was at the time, but I'll, right. I'll, I'll send that to you so you can put it online. Oh, that's interesting. The two of them side by side is spot on. Yeah. yeah. The only other bit of info I've got on this is that the Vogons were voiced by the League of Gentlemen, Steve Pemberton and Mark Gattis. Indeed. Yeah. But there's no word on who the guy was. I think it, it, it sounds like Steve Pemberton. Yeah. Mark, doesn't I it? I think it, yeah. Mark Gattis is quite distinct in his voice, isn't he? Um, Pemberton, tends to vary it around a little bit yeah, more yeah um, i like the voice i like the apologetic tone to the voice yes it's but, far less surly than the uh tv version yeah yeah definitely yeah all right that is uh, the vogons for me although that I, I i i like that version um they're not green mm. no they're not slimy but i but just like them. they've got a bulbous they nose work. Yeah, they've got bulbs now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> so what do you reckon on this sequence? Um, I, I like the fact there's lots of them. The design of the ships for me doesn't quite work. As you say, they're too much like office blocks, which, you know, they then work into the story later on. Hmm. Um, they're not yellow, but I love that step effect. Um, hmm. I, I use it myself whenever I do youtube video editing i always use these silly step effects um so i'm gonna go not much more but i'm gonna go for a what's i do last time five and a half i'm gonna go for a six on this one okay um i say it looks okay everything fine i'm happy with it um but it's just not that memorable there's not a a Mm. real wow or anything like that okay yeah so i'm giving it a five all okay. right. Yeah. So that, that gives it a five and a half. So it's a full point higher than the TV version. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds sounds right to me. Yeah. All right. OK. All right. Well, thanks for this. Um, I, I wasn't considering hitchhikers. I, I hadn't considered it at all. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for giving me the uh, job of researching it. I've rather enjoyed it. <laughs> Good. I, for me, it's one of those sort of classic BBC, if more so perhaps to me than Doctor Who, hmm. uh, because it was... It, it had a run and it finished and it told the story and it was done. Whereas, you know, it's not, you know, an episodic kind of thing, uh, no, no, no. you know, in that same way. So it was a, a defined story. It was told and finished. that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Finished. Yeah. 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 Excellent. All right. Well, well, thank you very much, Alan. Thank you, Eric. And uh, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye bye.